Good morning. If you would, let's grab a Bible and turn to James chapter 4. We'll start in James 4. We'll be moving around to different uh, parts of Scripture this morning, but that's where we'll begin. James chapter 4. It is good to be with you this morning, and uh, in whatever way you are able to be with us, we're glad that you're here. Uh, I wanted to say, uh, as, as we were singing, I had this thought, and I thought I'll say this before I get started. Uh, I want to say how much I appreciate over the last couple of months the uh, men who lead songs uh, because they have been here and they are singing, and I, I've not had the guts yet to watch the live stream. I, I, just, I just can't do it. Uh, so I don't know what it sounds like, and I don't know what's going on from the computers at home and everything. But uh, I can only imagine that you probably hear the song leader more than anyone else. And I can only imagine that it kind of uh, feels like uh, you're leading the whole congregation in a solo. And uh, so I appreciate these men and the good work they've been doing, uh, helping us all to worship both here and at home, uh, because I'm just so thankful for you, because if you're here, that means it doesn't have to be me. Uh, but no, I, I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, and uh, it is, you know, it's obviously not been an ideal um, circumstance, an ideal situation, uh, but you guys have been great in, uh, in stepping into that gap and helping us worship. James chapter 4 and verse 11 is where I want to begin. James 4, 11. It says, Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law... You are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? He says in verse 11 there, do not speak evil against one another. And you might ask the question, well, what does it mean to speak evil? This is one of those verses, if you're like me, you kind of zoom right past as you're reading through James or a book like this, where you say, yeah, 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 we shouldn't, shouldn't say evil things. We shouldn't curse people or speak evil of them. But what exactly that means and why exactly that's a problem often eludes us. In fact, if anything, we fail to see usually the magnitude of the problem. And James says it specifically here. He says you're basically usurping God's position. You're making yourself a judge and you're judging the law. Well, I want to think for a few minutes this morning about how we can apply what is said here. So hopefully you remember through all the chaos that we've been going through that our theme for the year is uh, what we're calling house rules. That is, these are principles for Christian homes and kind of revisiting throughout the year the basics of what we should be living and teaching both as husbands and wives, as parents and children, and in the broader context of family. And the premise that we've been working with is what we learn at home and teach at home and live at home then becomes what happens in our churches and what happens in our workplaces and what happens in our society. So as we learn these things, we need to learn to first apply them at home. So we've talked about how Home is a safe place, how we respect each other, how we speak the truth, and then how we speak with love. And I want to take what I'm going to call a sweeping Bible principle and talk about it for a few minutes this morning. And that is this house rule, that there is no gossip allowed. So one of the main issues that we have when we talk about a word like gossip is a definition issue. So I want to spend the first few minutes asking the question, what is gossip? And I am using the word gossip this morning as a blanket term for all the different words that are used in the Bible. These are some of the words listed in the Bible that just touch on some elements of what we're talking about this morning. So we've already seen the word speak evil there in James 4. Words like gossip, slander, 
speaking against, which is actually the word blasphemy that's used against people instead of against God, whisperer, backbiter, meddler, reviling, busybody. And you can hear in those words little different aspects and different dimensions of the same problem. It's about how we use our words to hurt people. Usually, the word gossip has to do with saying bad things about other people to ruin their reputation or to condemn them in some way, almost always when they're not around. When they're not around, that's why it's whispering, that's why it's backbiting, because they're not there to defend themselves. It's very different. I think we understand that when we say something directly to someone's face, that has a certain connotation, and we know that there's some things we should not say to each other, and we've talked about that at some length from, from this pulpit. But the idea of saying things about them when they're not around, sometimes we think that that's not as big a deal. Because they're not there, they don't know what we've said, or at least we don't think they'll know what we've said. And so it seems as though it's not as big a deal. And I want to show you from Scripture that God says that is a very big deal. And I want us to think about why, and I want us to think about how we can apply that idea in our homes. So James 4 and verse 11, he says, Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. That word speak evil, or your version might have something like slander, is a very generic word. We're talking about saying things about other people that are evil, not good. And it can say that we are, it can speak to the idea that we are saying things about others that are not true. So they're evil in the sense that they're not what is right, and we're saying it to try to tear them down. Or it can speak to the idea that we have an evil motive in what we're saying. We are speaking and we are hoping to uh, somehow do evil to that person. So what I want you to see is that God forbids that. Obviously, he says that specifically in verse 11 here. But what he is saying is there are some ways that we talk about people that should not be. And we need to think about whether or not we do that. And especially we need to think about how that would apply in our homes. So this word is also used in Titus 3 where Paul writes, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Now, this all people and this no one in this text, we know contextually from what he says in a minute, is also including worldly people. So speaking evil of no one means that we're not going to talk this way even when people are evil. We are not going to speak evil of them. Under the law of Moses, God was very concerned about false witness, the idea that we would go into a court setting and say something had happened that had not happened. And he likens that, false witness, to slander. He says, you shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor I am the Lord. That's Leviticus 19, 15, and 16. So you get the picture there that all this injustice in court and standing up against the life of your neighbor is similar to the idea of slander. We are saying things that are not true. That might be a false accusation that gets somebody else into trouble. That might be we're saying something happened that didn't really happen. But whatever it is, we're trying to hurt and injure, and God says, don't do that. It's a form of hostility. It's a form of doing evil to them. Speaking evil also can mean opposing God's established authority. We've been reading about this in the book of Numbers as we've gone through. And how many times do the people speak against Moses? Sometimes it's for specific reasons, like uh, Miriam and Aaron 
they don't like his wife. He married a Cushite woman, and so they say, let's speak against him. You know, you're taking too much on yourself. The people in Korah's rebellion do the same thing. They say the whole congregation is holy. You're taking too much on yourselves. And so there is a speaking evil involved even in that. One man said this, and I love this quote. I came upon it this week. I wasn't studying for this. It was sent to me. One man said, what is slander? It is a verdict of guilty pronounced in the absence of the accused with closed doors, without defense or appeal by an interested and prejudiced judge. Now that closed door without the accused present, a lot of the Bible terms have that idea of gossip being something going behind the back, backbiting, whispering, meddling, a busybody. We're sharing in other people's business when it's not ours and then we're spreading it around. Now, I want to address something while we're still in the definition stage here. That is, very often I have heard gossip justified by people saying, well, it's not gossip if it's true. As long as it's true, I can say whatever I want because I'm just telling the truth. And we've talked about telling the truth. Telling the truth is important. But I want to remind you, not every true thing needs to be said. And just because it's true doesn't mean my heart is right in why I'm saying it and what I'm saying. So in Daniel 3 and verse 8, this is when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are told to bow down to the the statue that Nebuchadnezzar has made. And it says, therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. And that word maliciously accused, the Greek translation here has the word speak evil. The problem is the accusations they make are true. Do you know what they say? They say, these men don't bow down and they don't serve your gods. That is absolutely true. See what's happening when it says they maliciously accused the Jews. It's not that they said they did something that they didn't do. It was that they did it from a wrong motive. They were trying to hurt them. They were trying to get them thrown in the furnace. And that's evil even if the things that are said are true. So there is a maliciousness, an accusation, a slander. We might call it a gossip about them that ends up just trying to tear down. So here we're looking at the content of the gossip, and then we're looking at the goal of the gossip. They're trying to harm. The malice and the evil is theirs because motives matter. You know, we can say things, and we can line up true things and then say, you know, I'll just let you form your own conclusion. And very often when we do that, we have not so noble motives at heart. We can say, well, I didn't. I didn't say you drew your own conclusion, but we are trying to get someone to a conclusion that we want them to draw. So I'm sure somebody is thinking, because I've had these discussions before, well, does that mean we can never say anything that's ever happened that's evil? Can we not talk about other people at all lest we somehow accidentally gossip about them? No, I am suggesting. I'm not suggesting that we can never say anything that is bad or that has happened that's bad, I am suggesting that these passages are saying something. They're teaching us to think carefully about what we're saying and why. They're teaching us that there is a significant problem here. I am suggesting it's not fine just because it's true. I am suggesting that we can't just say things like, you know, this is my home and I'll talk how I want here. We can't just say things like, Because I have a hard time distinguishing gossip from what's appropriate, I'm just going to say what I feel like. God is saying something here. And if motives matter, 
and gossip. And it's clear that they do, and we'll see more about that in a moment. Then I have to ask the question, is there a legitimate reason for what I'm saying? Am I really concerned about this person and their spiritual state, and that's why I'm saying this? Or is it instead an opportunity just to talk about them? We should also ask the question, are there facts here that are relevant to the person I'm telling as opposed to just spreading things that are irrelevant to others. And particularly, I want to say, before we leave this point, that when we fill our homes with gossip, it affects the attitudes of those in our home toward the people we're gossiping about. If I'm constantly tearing down, let's just say, for example, I'm a preacher, and if I want to talk bad about everybody in the church to my kids, then my kids are going to have a bad impression and a bad attitude toward everybody in the church. I mean, that's just natural. So there's an impact that that has, and that doesn't really matter whether that's true things I've told them or false things I've told them. If I'm trying to speak evil, then evil will result. And so it is important for us to say this is something we need to think about addressing in ourselves and in our own homes. The second question I want to ask is, is why do we gossip? What would motivate people to talk like this about other people? And I want you to think with me through some of the biblical responses to that question for a few minutes. The first is, uh, we gossip because of idleness, because we don't have enough to do. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy 5. First Timothy 5, Paul is talking here about widows being put on the roll, that is on continual church support. And uh, he warns them, he warns Timothy to restrict the widows because there are certain factors that go into how they're going to respond if they are or are not put on the roll. 1 Timothy 5, I want to read in verse 11. He says, But refuse to enroll younger widows, for when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry, and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. So the reason that Paul says, you know, a woman should be at least 60 before she's put on the the list of of a widow uh, that's continually supported by the church has to do with younger widows and their behavior. I suspect Paul had seen this before, and he's saying, watch out for this, because they might reach a point where they have nothing to do. They're supported by the church. They want to get married. They don't have anything to do, and so what do they do? They go around from house to house telling stories, gossiping, busybodies, meddling in other people's affairs. And he says specifically in verse 13, saying what they should not. And he says, you just cut that off at the source. We don't need that in the church. It's going to be a problem for the church. So there is a strong connection here between being idle and being a gossip, not having enough to do, and so we worry about other people's business. That's also here in 2 Thessalonians 3, for we hear that, there's, that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and earn their own living. So they walk in idleness, they're not busy at work, instead they're busy bodies, the idea being they're busy in other people's business because they don't have enough of their own. And that really gives some context to the idea they should do their work quietly, shut their mouths talking about other people and get busy with their own work. Mind your own business, he says in 1 Thessalonians. So we gossip because we don't have enough to do or talk about on our own. That's one biblical answer to the question. A second is we gossip because we're jealous. Turn the page to 1 Timothy 6 here. 
1 Timothy 6, I just want to show you, and we're going to start here, and I'm going to put several passages on the board. I found something very interesting as I studied through this, and that is there is a strong connection biblically between envy or jealousy and gossip. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 3, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. So Paul warns Timothy, watch out for people who have a craving for controversy and quarrels because those things, controversy and quarrels, produce certain fruits. And he talks about those, excuse me, in verse 4, produce envy, dissension, which is division, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction. But I want you to notice how he puts envy, dissension, and slander all there in a row. Now, I'm sorry, I'm going to look at this side so that our our, uh, people watching at home know that I'm equal opportunity to both monitors. Uh, But this is Acts 13, 45. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. Why do they revile him? Why do they speak evil against him? Because they're filled with jealousy. There's a big crowd. They want to listen to Paul. They don't want to listen to them. So what they're reviling is, is an expression of their hatred for Paul or their resentment of Paul. 1 Peter 2.1, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Envy and slander together again. 2 Corinthians 12.20, for I fear that perhaps when I come, I may find you not as I wish and that you may find me not as you wish that perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. That sounds like a great church environment, doesn't it? Okay, so he says, I'm worried I'm going to find you this way, but you've got fighting and jealousy and anger, but you also have slander and gossip. Mark 7, Jesus says, these things defile you, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander. These things come from within, they defile a person. Now, when you start doing a Bible study, and you find two words in close proximity over and over and over again, and you find it, I've just put five up here, that's a trend, that these two things are related. When we start to get jealous, we get frustrated about the situation. Particularly, we think they don't deserve what they have, I deserve it. Whether that's respect, whether that's relationships, whether that's money, whatever it is. And so what we do in those situations very often is we express that jealousy through speech. Not to them. That won't do any good. We do it to others. And what we want in that situation is we want other people to agree with us. Don't you think so-and-so doesn't deserve that position? Can you believe how they waste their money? And what we want is somebody to get on our side and say, you know what, you're right. They agree with our assessment and we say, yes, I am right. I'm right to be jealous. That person doesn't deserve it. And so maybe we don't tear that person down directly, but we feel a little better about ourselves. And so we respond to each perceived inequity with more and more and more gossip. And we end up tearing down those relationships, at least in the eyes of others. So you see what happens when it's jealousy? It doesn't really matter if the information is true or not. That's not the issue. The issue is my heart is wrong no matter what because I'm speaking out of my jealousy. And in fact, it's very rare for us to acknowledge or recognize 
that we have jealousy at heart, and that's the reason that's prompting this kind of speech. We just think, well, they deserve it or they don't deserve it. Third reason we gossip is because we are hurt. Let's look in Colossians 3. When other people hurt us, we usually go tell people about it. And very rarely are the people we tell about it the people who have hurt us. We don't talk to them. We talk about them to others. Colossians 3 and verse 8. That's Colossians 2. Okay, here we are. Colossians 3, 8. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. You see anger, wrath, malice, These are appropriate reactions when we've been hurt or threatened. And he says, be careful and put those things away. But he also includes slander and obscene talk. He does the same thing in Ephesians 4. What he is saying in both of those places is that these are signs that we failed to resolve anger. We've been hurt, and in our hurt, anger has been produced, and we haven't done anything with it. We have let the sun go down on our wrath. And now we continue to live with the anger. It becomes bitterness and malice. But really, it also becomes evil speaking. So in this context, when I tell other people about what happened to me, what so-and-so did to me, what I'm doing is I'm trying to rally them to my cause. And in some small way, I'm trying to get revenge on them. I can't hurt them the way they've hurt me, but I can at least tear them down. I can at least make you not like them. At the very least, that's some small victory for me. It is a revenge play. Peter says, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. So when other people revile you, you don't revile in return. You do evil, they do evil to you, you don't do evil to them. What he is saying is reviling people is a way we try to take revenge and that is not our place. So does that mean when people hurt us, we can't talk to anybody? I think we have to be very honest here. Very often, we talk to other people about it because we are angry and we want to get back at people. If we really wanted to resolve the problem or we really wanted to confront the person who had done the hurting, we would just go talk to them. And in that way, we don't involve anybody else. In fact, that's Jesus' plan. He says, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. But instead, there is something else going on when we talk to everybody else about it but the principal person involved. That is, we want people to take our side and we want people to run them down with us. We want to feel as if we are justified. In fact, we often want their sympathy for our hurt. So James says, do not speak evil of one another, brethren. Even when you're hurt, don't speak evil. Instead, go deal with the problem. And we have to be honest about our motives. Another reason we gossip is for fun. Uh, Let's go to Proverbs 18. We're going to spend a little time in Proverbs now. Proverbs 18. This is verse 8, Proverbs 18 and verse 8. It says, The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. We gossip because gossip is fun. It's fun to talk about people. That's why he says they are delicious morsels. That's why we say it is juicy gossip. It's fun. There's something exciting about it. That is why there is a whole cottage industry of gossip magazines and gossip websites where we just learn 
usually kind of slightly embarrassing things about people. We want to know what's really going on with people, especially if there's something shameful or bad or negative about them. It's fun. We get to learn things about people, especially if they're people that we know. We get to act shocked and say, no. It's fun, especially to learn secret, shameful things. Part of that is that we get to judge them. We get to feel like we're better than they are. I mean, I would never do that. Can you believe what they did? And that's sort of fun. That's what James discussed, by the way, the idea of being a judge of someone else. Part of it, and I really want us to think about this, is that it draws us closer together with other people. When we can talk to other people about something bad someone else did, we form a little bond. We feel like we together are better than that person. It's you and me against them. Can you believe what they did? Do you know what I heard about them? And suddenly we huddle together and we whisper together and we are better and over them. In fact, I think that may be part of the temptation that we want to offer something to someone as if they'll like me better if I have some gossip to share about someone else. We are interesting people and they begin to pay attention to us. Now, I want to say that all of these motives play into how we should handle gossip in Christian homes. If we create a culture where we gossip about people in our homes, then what we are teaching our spouses and our children is that when they get bored, they should just start talking bad about other people. When they are jealous, they should just talk bad about the people they're jealous of. When they are hurt, they should just talk bad about the people who hurt them. And when they want something fun or socially praiseworthy to do, they should just talk bad about other people. When there are no other conversation topics, let's just talk bad about somebody. So we are teaching one another a habit, and a habit that is very often connected with evil or at least dubious motives. So you might ask, well, why is this a problem? And I want to give you at least a couple of reasons here, uh, and then a third Maybe a two and a half. The half is going to be just one that is my personal reason. But these first two are definitely biblical ideas. Why is gossip a problem? First, because it hurts people. So we said earlier that gossip is when we say something negative about someone to ruin their reputation or to condemn them. And it should not surprise us at all when that has its intended effect. When we ruin their reputation and we tear down and badmouth others and we end up tearing them down and badmouthing them. Let's go to Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16 and verse 28. It says, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. So it's not clear who's whispering here. Is it one of the friends, or is it somebody whispering about the friends? But the impact is clear. When people are spreading this damaging information, it hurts relationships. It separates close friends. Sometimes when gossip has invaded a relationship, it's nearly impossible to put the pieces back together. I don't know if you guys have had that experience in your lives. I've had it in mine. So let me spell that out, what that looks like. That looks like someone coming to me and saying, do you hear what so-and-so said about you? And suddenly what? Suddenly, the other person who said that, I'm upset at them. There's a breach in our relationship. But also... They said it to this friend of mine who's now told me they've been gossiping to two people about me. And suddenly I don't feel like I can trust them either because if they're not around me, they might be gossiping with me about somebody else. Suddenly 
I don't even know if I could go directly confront that person because I haven't heard what they said. I've only heard the gossip about what they gossiped about me. What a mess. It separates close friends. Do you know what they really think? Do you know what they really want to do about that? Damaging information is communicated and it hurts. It doesn't really matter just what exactly the context was. All we know is they're trying to hurt. You can hear in this verse, by the way, the implication that it is negative, insp- uh, negative information. Hence the whispering. We don't usually whisper good things, do we? We usually whisper things because we don't want other people to overhear. And so there's no damage in good gossip. That helps relationships. But when we gossip and say evil, it hurts people. Look in Proverbs 25 with me. Proverbs 25, verse 23. Proverbs 25, 23. The north wind brings forth rain and a backbiting tongue angry looks. Backbiting tongue makes people angry. Even the word backbiting is awfully violent, isn't it? I mean, it just sounds like we're trying to hurt people. And gossip then is an act of hostility. Turn the page to Proverbs 26 and verse 20. Proverbs 26 and 20. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. As charcoal to hot embers and wood to a fire, so is a quarrelsome man for kindling strife. So fire starts to die when it runs out of wood. In the same way, you stop whispering and you have less conflict. Strife and conflict hinge on this kind of indirect, harmful communication. That happens in every kind of relationship. It happens in families. It happens in churches. It happens in workplaces. It happens in government. It happens everywhere. Because when people are whispering, conflict follows. It hurts people. Now, we may think that other people will never know. But very often, that's not true. They often do know. And even if they don't know exactly what was said, the idea that someone else is talking about me and doesn't want me to know what they're saying is painful enough because there are motives there that other people have harbored. It hurts people. The second is that it destroys trust. Gossip is a problem because it destroys trust. Let's go over to Proverbs 20. Sometimes we're going to learn things about people that are less than flattering. And I think that is especially true as Christians. We know things about one another. We're told to confess our sins to one another and to pray for one another. So we're going to know some things that other people have done that are wrong. So are we going to be able to be trusted to keep those things from becoming gossip material. Proverbs 20 and verse 19. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. You probably have people in your life that you know. I cannot trust this person with this information. I cannot say, okay, I I almost said it, but no, I can't because you are not to be trusted about this. That's what he is saying. Slanderers reveal secrets, so be careful with them. Don't trust them. The question I want to raise is, are we that kind of people? The kind of people where someone says, oh, I don't know that we should tell Jacob that. Jacob will just tell everyone. Proverbs 17, Proverbs 17 and verse 9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. Do you see the difference there? One is about showing love by keeping things quiet. The other is by spreading them in an intent to harm. Proverbs 11 and verse 13. Proverbs eleven thirteen, 13. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. This is about proving that we are trustworthy in spirit. That is a fundamental attribute of Christians. And by the way, I want my children to learn that. That they can be trustworthy and can be depended on not to just repeat something because there might be some social advantage to it or they might be jealous of someone else. So gossip is a problem because it destroys 
trust. I wonder if that's not what Peter is referring to when he says, let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Isn't that interesting? Don't suffer because of your own meddling. I wonder what that could mean. How do we suffer as a gossip? Well, I think at the very least we suffer because people won't trust us and suddenly our relationships are fractured or strained because not because of anything that we're being persecuted about. It's our own fault. We're suffering because of our own foolish choices. I told you I'd give you two and a half reasons on this one. This is my half reason. This is just my observation. This is not Bible, so you can dismiss it, but I hope you'll at least consider it. I believe that gossip is a lot like complaining. It can become a habit, and it is a way of viewing people. We view people in a way that is critical instead of loving. So when we meet someone and we get to know someone, what we notice and what we want to talk about is not all the good things. What we notice and want to talk about are the few things that annoy us or the few good things that we've learned. Boy, that, that's embarrassing. Let me tell other people about that. And so it, it trains us to look for the evil instead of the good. And that is a setting that is hard to turn off. I say that from experience as someone who has been a gossip and who has been extremely critical of people, that it is awfully hard to not just be on the lookout for the next flaw or problem or failing or material for gossip. So that's why it's a problem. So the house rule is no gossip allowed. Christian homes should be a place where slander and backbiting and gossip and being a busybody are not allowed. We will not talk about people this way. Now, please understand, I know that this will make for some very challenging ideas and application. It is hard to figure out, is what I'm saying gossip or is it okay? I want to give you a few guidelines for that just to kind of help go through the process. But please understand, you may disagree with me and my assessments on what is gossip and what is not, but please don't dismiss the idea that we all need to be thinking about how we talk about others and that God has been very clear in saying that to us. So here are the questions I would say we should ask when we think about, well, is this something that's appropriate for our family or for our home? First is, what are the facts? Very often when we talk about someone and things that have happened, we muddle up the facts and the opinions. It's kind of happening in our media too, isn't it? Where it's very hard to just get what happened or what was said. Instead, we get the spin. And in our interactions with others, we have a hard time distinguishing between, well, this happened and this is what I think about it. But it's possible for us to assume people's motives. You know, he said that, but I know why he said it. I know what he's thinking. Do I know it for certain? What part of what I'm about to say is my own opinion? In that case, it may be that there are things that I can say and then leave off the part that is colored by my opinion so that if we need to talk about something, we can say this is what happened. In fact, this is something that in my home we try to do where we say instead of saying here is everything I think about this situation, I just want to say here is the basic facts and if you need more information about that, we can talk further. But very often the facts communicate what needs to be said. Uh, does this need to be said? This is about being audience aware. Is this information relevant to my kids or to my wife? The fact that I know it does not mean it needs to be said. The fact that I think it does not mean it needs to be said. 
And I especially want to remind us to be careful of the it's my house, I say what I want mentality. Remember, you belong to Jesus. Everything you say is subject to him. This is not about Americans being able to have the right to say things or freedom of speech. This is about, is it speech that pleases the Lord? All of our words need to go through that scan. Is this something where I'm speaking evil of others? And one of the greatest scans is to say, why am I saying this to this person? And that's the third question. What are my motives? Why do I want to say this? Especially, I would encourage you to go through those four things we talked about. Am I just bored? We don't have anything to talk about. Am I jealous? Is this really coming because I want to tear that person down because there's something they have that I want? Is this something where I want to get someone on my side about some issue? Am I seeking validation in some way? Or am I just wanting to have some fun about this? What are my motives? I want to say I do believe there are good reasons to share information about people even information that is negative about them. If I am concerned about someone's spiritual state and there are people who can help in some way to work on that person and to help them in their, the dangerous spiritual state that they're in, I, I believe that information needs to be communicated. Or if someone I'm talking to, I need help, I need advice to figure out what's the best way to do this, I, I believe that's absolutely appropriate. Is there danger involved, especially physical danger? You know, those are things where it's, you know, a lot of those uh, warnings kind of are thrown to the wind because we've got to do what's right to help in that situation. But only we know our own motives. I can't guess your motives. Instead, I want to caution us against developing a culture of gossip in our homes where it's default to talk about other people. I can either make my family love or hate someone by what I say about them. And I especially want to encourage those of us who have children at home, remember that. Remember that what you say becomes a part of how they think. And the way we talk becomes the way they talk. There is a danger of overexposing my children to information, you know, giving them too much. There's also a danger of oversheltering my children from information where they don't know anything bad ever happens. And so to hit that medium is a challenge. We should pray for discretion about that. But the answer is not to say, I'll just say what I feel like. I'll throw the muzzle off my tongue when I get into my house. Because that has dangerous consequences. What are the facts? Does this need to be said? What are my motives? Please understand. I'm not teaching on this because I've got it all figured out. I'm not teaching on this because I'm great at it. I'm teaching on this because God teaches us to think about it. And so it is just as much a challenge for me as it is for you. But I want to encourage us to lead our homes toward the Christian priority of kind speech about others. And when we do that and we start to make those changes, I think we will see changes in our mentalities, changes in our relationships, and even changes in our spouses and children and how we view others. No gossip allowed. I appreciate your attention this morning, and I appreciate you thinking through those things. If you have questions about them or you want to talk more about that, I would be happy to do that. We're going to take this time to extend the invitation to those who are here at the building, those who are watching, listening at home, uh, to make a response to the invitation of Jesus. And if there is some way we can help you to be right with God, whether that is to be baptized into Christ, have your sins washed away, or if there's any need that you have, we ask you to reach out to us if you're not here present at the building, 
or if there's something we can do, please let us know while we stand and sing to encourage you.